Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the game starts here. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined once again by Eve Batoba and Justin Southwell. And happy day after Valentine's Day to all of our listeners and viewers out there. What it do, what it do. Love is in the air. Love is in the air. I wish football were in the air. I miss it already. No, you got You know, if you if you love something, you got to have some distance between it. All right, distance makes the heart grow fonder. So we all right. Shout out to everybody out there that's in a long distance relationship. Just know, you can make it, guys. You can make it. Just like we can make it through the off season. We can, guys. The combine is a couple weeks away. <laughs> a little stiff arm, Ollie Gordon Heisman stiff arm action. Get that distance, or break him off with a Brendan Presley route. Major distance. Major distance. Guys, the combine's right around the corner. We are about six weeks away from spring practices starting up. Gundy announced last week that he was going to start Oklahoma State football spring practices after spring break. Said it before. Yeah, that's really interesting because typically, if I remember correctly, Justin, we would have one week of practices going to spring break and then continue practices after, right? That was typically the cadence? Or am I, or am I way off base with that? It all kind of blends together. Um, so we had, what is the segment? Winter, yeah, spring. going to winter ball because you at least wanted to get the, you know, those uh, few days where you're not allowed to wear pads and all that out of the way, and then you could come back and kind of, you know, go go, go full steam. Man, like we're getting old. You can't remember things. Yeah, it ain't for we, football. I do remember the goal was to have those those abs by spring break. Got to show some abs, baby. Got to show some abs. Go to the pool. All that. You know, Got to represent the program well at the beach. You know, that's what you got to do. Shout out to everybody going to South Padre Island and uh, Panama City, I guess. And for everybody staying local and going to the local apartment pool. I played a spring sport, so we didn't get a spring break, really. Our spring breaks were spent uh, practicing. And we did go to Florida one year for like, um, it wasn't a tournament, but it was just like three or four games, you know, I mean, to go to Florida for that, but it was not PCB or craziness. <laughs> so did you guys have like alternate uniforms for St. Patty's day? Did you get some green action in there? Cause I see the baseball team, they'll wear green hats sometimes. Mm-mm, we didn't. I mean, my, um, college Emerson sold green t-shirts with Emerson and the O was a shamrock. And you think like Boston is such an Irish city. That That's was why really I was thinking, yeah. A missed opportunity um, yeah. that we didn't have those. But also, you know, we're, we were D3. We didn't have these Nike contracts or whatever. Who's y'all's um, uni sponsor? Mm-hmm. Who's y'all's uniform sponsor? Um, I don't know if we really had one. My, like local? Huh? 
like Russell or was it just no. kind of like a combination? We were uh, brandless. <laughs> we we didn't have sponsors. Um, but no, my my coach, my coach, my uh, junior, senior year, her husband worked for Reebok and the Reebok um, headquarters is right outside of Massachusetts. So they weren't like our sponsor, but we would get to go once a season to the Reebok like uh, employee store and we would all get 50% off everything. So... <laughs> Um, and they did give yeah. us a, like, they gave us like, um, lacrosse bags and stuff like that. But yeah. So that probably, those probably would have been impermissible benefits at a OSU back in the day whenever we played. So you got well, more we, than we did. We had to pay for it, but we just got 50% off. Still hammer down 50, any kind of discount straight to jail. <laughs> straight up. I'll tell you what though. I'll take Reebok over Adidas any day. I still have, I got a pair of Reebok pumps. Remember pumps? 90s yeah, babies pumps. Yeah. I still have my pair of pumps from Reebok. They are. Reebok, you know, they're, they, uh, they had the NFL jerseys for a while. They were the sponsor for them. Like back whenever I was in high yep. school wearing the NFL jerseys. So Reebok's kind of, they're kind of cool, actually. You know, a little bit of a yeah, retro vibe. Reebok is just like forever vintage to me. You about know? to make a comeback, maybe. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring back Reebok, everybody. Let's yeah. Yo, I have nothing against Reebok. I'm all for it. Do you guys remember BK Ratch Tech? No. Uh, did you guys ever oh, watch Legends no. of the Hidden Temple or Guts or anything like that? Yeah. They were always the prize, and so I literally just watched an episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple the other day, and it's like. You got eliminated, but here's where you're going away present. And it was like BK Ratch Tech. And it was like, you know the, how rollerblades have the plastic that goes into the buckle and it makes like, like the clicking noise? Yeah. It was sneakers that did that. And that was the thing, <laughs> that was another thing in the 90s. And that was a prize from from those. So I, I was like, Dang what 90. happened to that company? Yo, Meg, <laughs> how old are you? I don't even know. what. <laughs> I'm kidding. Old enough, Eve. Old enough. I... um. One of our players asked if I was 21 and I said, do I look 21? And we will go with that. So don't answer that question in the comments. I, yeah, but I'm old. Meg enough. was like, are you my new favorite player? <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, well, we'll just old enough. I'm not that old. Old enough. Old enough for what? Old enough to party. Old, exactly. I am old <laughs> enough to go to the bars and that is, you know, it's fine. Um, but bringing it back to football, guys, we just went on a little bit of a tangent. We talked about it a little bit the last couple of weeks. We've briefly mentioned it, that there have been rumblings around town. It might be the start of the Zane Floors era here with Cowboy football. Alan Bowman, as we all know, got the waiver, is returning for an unprecedented seventh season in college football. The big question, though, is could we see another quarterback battle within the program? Those familiar with Cowboy football, which is most of our listeners and viewers, probably remember the 2015 season where we had a dual usage of Mason Rudolph and J.W. Walsh. That team started 10-0. Rudolph was the gunslinger between the 20s guy. Walsh was the dual threat vet who primarily took snaps in goal-to-go situations or when we needed a kickstart. Now, that season, Oklahoma State ranked 10 in the country in red scope red zone scoring, scoring on 91.2% of trips. 
Could we see a similar quarterback situation this season, guys? Well, you know what's interesting is going into the 2023 season, I think on the podcast, we were talking about how Gundy is really loyal to his seniors. Uh, there's no way that he'll just give somebody else the job. He has to be to the upperclassmen that gets the job. And then we saw what happened. Everybody played quarterback last season until we finally decided who the starting QB was going to be. But I think it's going to be one of those situations this year. I really do believe that because uh, of what happened last year, it's like, hey, here's a guy that proved it. We're going to go and stick with our guy. Okay, so Alan Bowman goes in. He's going to be QB1 into the season. But I will say this. If Zane Flores truly is showing that promise, yo, let the best man take it. Let the best man win. And I'm all for that because don't forget, uh, you know, what, what did he throw? 15 touchdowns and 14 interceptions? Can't get that out of my head. It's a good call. Yeah, I, I was actually looking. So you mentioned Oklahoma State ranked number 10 in the country in red zone scoring back then at 91.2%. I looked it up for 2023, 36th in the country at 87.93%. So not terrible, but if we round up a B plus, I'd like to be in that A minus A range like we were yeah, back in the day. Yeah. So if that's what it takes, having a dual quarterback usage, I don't see why not. I mean, they even did it in the bowl game when they brought in Gundy and he ran it in for a touchdown. So I'm not going to put it past him at all. I think that we have the leadership skills in Bowman and the maturity for him to know this is for the best. This is like, this is the best for the team. If it means that I'm on the bench in this situation, I can come in and help in another situation. I would love it. I don't, I don't necessarily think that, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, right? That's kind of a, a phrase that's thrown around in college football. Right. But, you know, it, it also has to be – they have to complement each other well. So with the way that we had it back with Rudolph and Walsh, Meg just laid it out perfectly. Rudolph was throwing it all over the place, especially, you know, deep bombs. And Walsh came in and he – majority you know used his legs most of the time so i don't necessarily see that being the case with bowman and floors just because one i don't really know what floors is as a quarterback right now right but um yeah it just it would have to be it would it would be really unique for that to take place i guess with for them to be able to play in a in a, like a dual usage quarterback type of system um, but we'll see how it shakes out. I, I think that more often uh, people look at it as, you know, a quarterback competition. This is a bad thing. Like we need to have a set quarterback. And to an extent, I agree, but not right now. Like this is a perfect time for them to have the competition and for the best man to come out on top. Yeah, the earlier the better. And Walsh could throw a heck of a seam route. Don't forget that, Justin. <laughs> but I will say, you said 86 in the country. 86 out of what, 130? Sorry, schools? it was 36th in the country. It was okay. like 87% in 2023. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, no, that makes a lot more sense. But I was going to say, if it's 86 in the country, that's a D plus right there. You know, we, we yeah. that ain't exactly right. But no, I mean, look, our running game is going to be the thing that we're probably going to hang our hats on uh, going into the season, right? And it reminds me even of a couple of years ago, whenever Spencer Sanders was the starter, we all knew Spencer Sanders was the starter, but then a couple of games there, Shane Illingsworth came in and everybody just kind of realized, Oh, Shane has a better arm, right? He's a little more accurate. 
And people, there was a bit of a controversy within the fan base. They were like, well, do we want to go back to Spencer or do we want to stick with Shane? We saw what ended up happening. Spencer came back. Gundy stayed loyal to the upperclassmen. And then what happened? Shane ended up transferring over to Nevada, never to be heard from again. But it's one of, <clears throat> one of those weird situations to where I remember hearing rumblings even within the program because a couple of people that I knew there that said, look, as good as Shane is, we just had too many troubles and too many problems with the offensive line. And the offensive line, because they weren't good enough, we had to go with a more mobile quarterback, which was Spencer at the time. So the biggest thing here is like, I just hope that our pass protection is all the way on point because I don't know how mobile Zane is. I don't know how mobile um, – you know, he is being right now. But I do know that we saw a little bit of that from Alan Bowman uh, in last season, right? A couple of rushing touchdowns here and there. So, hey, let's rely on the athleticism a little bit, a little bit. And let's also rely on some of uh, the accuracy. Hopefully none of those balls are just continuing to sail as we saw so much in 2023. Bowman had that deceptive athleticism, man. Nah, like, don't, hey, don't boost that. Ooh, juke, broken ankles, right into the end zone. And I only say it because it was bedlam. Yeah, we saw it once. We did see it once. <laughs> and, man is and a gazelle that like the most. talking about. A gazelle. Well, you know who is currently on our staff as a quality control coach, gentlemen? J.W. Walsh. So That's how could having him on the staff, having been in a dual quarterback situation, help if Gundy decides, hey, we're going to try it again this season. Yeah, well, hey, you know what's so funny about football is, gosh, what was that, nine years ago? Crazy, crazy. Right? It seems like an eternity ago, and so much has changed, even in college football since then. So much has changed within our program and, and our team, right? Just a completely different team, so... Yeah, I have no idea if that's even relevant, right? If that's something that we can even rely on right now. But it is good that we have that guy who at least understands the mentality, the mindset that goes into those types of situations. How concerned after what we went through the beginning of this season with the three quarterback rotation? I know we have not even gotten into spring practices yet and spring practices maybe will change things a little bit and one either Bowman or Flores can you know emerge as the guy for next year but after we went through the first three four weeks of this year how concerned are you about not having a QB1 August 31st uh yeah I think it's a completely different situation this year because even though we quote unquote don't know we don't have QB one. We know that Bowman is there and we know what he's capable of because we've seen him play for the whole year versus what we had going into last year. We had no idea about any of those three guys and it had to be, okay, let's see what they each have, what they each bring to the table in the first three games. And we will go from there. Well, for this one, it's kind of like we have, Technically, QB1 and maybe a QB1.5. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully, they'll shake it out uh, You know, in the actual preseason, not the non-conference. So, um, yeah, pretty much the only time I want to see floors, to be honest, is if we are up by a few touchdowns and he can afford to go into the game. And I hope that we're able to take care of that for him so that he can get in and get those reps because right as we know game live game reps those are extremely important so i think for that reason 
you have to lean on Bowman as QB one and have that mindset going into spring ball. Yeah. Couldn't say it any better. Now with that said, I won't ever be surprised about Gundy saying, Hey, thanks for everything that you've contributed so far, but we're going to go with this other guy because he's <laughs> done it before. Right. See it. Saw it happen. And well, kind of a little bit with Mason Rudolph. Saw it happen a little bit, even with Wes Lunt uh, back in the day, or as Tracy Moore liked to call him Wes Blunts. But uh, some reason, isn't it funny how whenever guys leave Oklahoma state, we just never hear from them again. Like Wes Lunt was one of those guys who showed all the promise in the world as a freshman. You're like, yo, this guy is him. And then he leaves, goes to Illinois. We just never heard from Wes again. Same with Shane. Anyway, random, but just a random thought that I had. It's like, it's true. what happens? They just disappear into the ether. Yeah, don't transfer to another college. Um, if you go pro, you'll, we'll, if you go pro, we'll hear from you again. But Unless even, you're Jabbar Muhammad. Yeah, yeah, I will at say, quarterback, I will say at quarterback. At QB. <laughs> yeah, at QB. Well, hopefully, hopefully that's not the case for uh, Gundy Jr. I wish him the best and the most success wherever he goes. Yeah. Well, one more question about this quarterback scenario. So let's presume that Bowman, week one starter, experience. We know what we're getting with him, week one starter. You guys have both played for Gundy. What would it take for him to turn to floors? as the new starting quarterback sometime mid-season. Is that even in the realm of possibility? I would say, man, it probably would take a couple losses, like a couple losses in a row. And, you know, you couple that with some subpar performances. That's the only that's the only reason that I could see that happening. Yeah, it would have to be pretty drastic. Maybe not even as so far as to go like a couple of losses, but if like the touchdown to interception ratio is super crazy and it's making it very difficult to win games – then I can maybe see that it's like if you throw, I don't know, nine, 10 interceptions in the first two, three games. And it's like, okay, Oh my gosh, this is making it. And even if we're winning those games, it's like, this is making it extremely difficult for us to win these games. Maybe we should roll with floors just to see yeah, like it can't get much worse. Right. So, but again, I don't anticipate that happening based on what we've seen with Bowman and how he historically, We'll take care of the football. It, it dropped off a little bit, I think, at the end of the season, and he was taking a little bit more risks. But for the most part, it was like he's getting the ball out on time before he gets sacked, and whenever he was throwing away, they weren't balls that could be intercepted. Yeah, we also had a, a little bit of a drop problem too, so I think that's that, that's something else to consider. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that point, though, Justin, I wonder, because you look back at 2021 and what Spencer Sanders did and how inconsistent he was and he threw did he throw four interceptions in like the big 12 championship or something yeah but to his credit he got us to the big 12 championship fair but you, so you were saying whenever about you're in that position yeah it, it takes a lot more than just throwing four interceptions and i mean to that point for bowman he got us to the big 12 championship so you know um Maybe it's going to take more than four, but it also you got to look at who, who gives you the best chance to win. Spencer Sanders was in there and then his backup for 2021 would have been. Is it Gundy? I can't remember actually. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it ain't like you're pulling Jalen hurts out of the game and bring it into a tongue of to, to win the championship. It, for exactly. You. Yeah. Right. So it, it all depends on the situation at hand. So, um, Yeah. 
maybe not maybe not the four or five interceptions being the best example but to that point it is going to take i think a lot for gundy to say let's go with this other guy like what are we doing so oh guys we have like six months to keep talking about this and i'm sure that after spring ball starts more reports will emerge that maybe there is a quarterback controversy in stillwater so we can just we'll revisit this in a couple months Well, we are about 11 months away, a little over 11 months away from the 2024-25 National Championship. So let's just talk about... Why not? Why not? Why not? Like, it's never too soon to talk about next year's National Championship, especially because Oklahoma State will be playing in it. We spoke last season guys about the expansion to a 12 team playoff and you're like ah more teams easy easy peasy it's going to be fine well that is not the case ESPN's Heather Dinich has been breaking down all of the scenario not even scenarios but how the college football playoff is going to work uh last year it was initially going to be the 5 power 5 conference champions guaranteed a bid plus one group of five school for those top six spots group of five conference champion then fill in the rest with the next six highest teams well because the pac-12 only consists of oregon state and washington state they're no longer in that five power five schools so now a vote's going to be happening next week to see how we're going to figure out the next the next after the top four teams, who's next? It's looking like people are expecting it to be the four power five champions, one group of five champion, and then plus seven. So yeah, it's a lot of information, very confusing. But what I think is interesting, the most interesting part is let's just go based off of the 2023 season. Had Oklahoma State won the Big 12 championship, they would have been guaranteed a top four seed and a bye. Even though other teams had better records, a conference championship means so much more this year, guys. So every conference champion gets a bye? Is that right? No, the top oh, four. Just the top you, four, gotcha. Which be, you would think it'd be the Pac-12, sorry, excuse me, it would be the Big 12, ACC, SEC, Big 10, unless there was a group of five school. I guess the one scenario is let's say Oklahoma State won the Big 12 championship and they were that would have made them 11 and 3 10 and 3 that would have made them 10 and 3. And then let's say a Power 5, let's say a Tulane won their conference championship and they were undefeated, they might get a 4 seed over Oklahoma State because they had the better record, but then that's when things come in. Yeah. 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 Almost seems like a pro style model, you know, yes. how in the NFL you have your division champs, you know, they're in the playoffs no matter what, but you can have a team in the AFC East. Actually, I think that happened one year. There was a team in the AFC East that had 11 wins and didn't even make it to the playoffs. There was, was even with the Patriots. Yeah, it was, it was the, the Patriots. 2008 Patriots when Tom Brady went down and Matt Castle came in and they did not make the playoffs even though they were 11 and 5. And no, I'm not still upset about it. It's fine. It's totally right. fine. It's <laughs> Matt Castle made a lot of money off of that uh, that season. 
but yeah, I mean, you know, pro style model, of course, now in college football, it's not as much uh, of a formula as much as it, there is, you know, a committee that's making human decisions. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Feel fine about it. So now you're saying with like 2023, if we're looking back and had we won, we would have been number four. But are you saying that because of there's like no Pac-12 in this scenario? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, because I was like, we had we had like Florida State that was undefeated and they won the ACC and then they didn't even get in. Correct. In the top four. So it's like ugh, so many things going on. But okay, I'm following you now. Um, yes, I apologize. It's very complicated and I'm trying to simplify it, but yeah, it's um, complicated. It's just, and I think, and I was saying to, I'm oh, sorry, Justin, do you have more to it's, say? No, I, no, I was just saying it is complicated and I think it's, it's worth the, the effort to go through and, and shake it out as fair as possible mm-hmm. instead of, oh, let's just default to an NFL style and then make it only two conferences and we'll play each other and determine like, no, like we need to keep as many college football teams in this as possible, make it complicated because we're, we're talking about it right now. Like this is, it's worth talking about. It's fun. Uh, It is fun. Well, okay. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it. That, well, that, that's it. It's fun. Keep yeah. it fun. Keep it fun. It really is. But a team like Notre Dame can never make it. Yep. Can never get a. Can never get a buy because nope. they're independent school. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So because Notre Dame, they're ACC and everything but football. They cannot win a conference championship, so they cannot receive a buy in the college football playoff twelve team expansion under the current rules that are in place now. Whenever this contract is up and they're revamping it in a couple of years, maybe that could change. Maybe it could say, nope, top 12 teams is what it is. Um, but what's interesting is that you look at the, like, let's pretend like Alabama and Georgia from this past season. Georgia's number one undefeated. Bama has one loss going into the SEC championship people were arguing that Georgia should have made the college football playoff. Well, under the new model, had that played out, Georgia would have automatically, the highest Georgia could have been under the 12-team expansion model is five because only conference champions could have the top four seeds. So then Georgia's automatically bumped to five. So the interesting thing about the committee this season is they're ranking, but they're also seeding. Because you might think that Georgia is one of the top four teams in college football. Doesn't matter if they don't win a, a, a national or a conference championship, they're not going to be team one, two, three, or four in this new 12 team expansion. Hmm. Pretty interesting. I Dang. think I love like, it. you saw the drama in 2014 and 2023 playing out with the selection committee and Every single year, it seems like there is a team who gets left out. That number five team is upset. And I get it because there's very rarely a big disparity between four or five. And it's all about a matter of opinion and optics and do you weigh strength of schedule, wins, losses, all of that stuff. We've seen teams not win their conference championship and get into the college football playoff. You know, we've seen teams sitting, not even playing for a conference championship who have made the college football playoffs. Well, this year, you're going to have to win if you want to buy. And those buys are huge because they're adding four extra games to the season. 
Sheesh, man. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about like I'm trying to think about the class schedules too. That's a it's a heavy lift academically as well, depending on when when everything falls. But well, hey, a lot yeah. of this falls over winter break. So the college football playoff starts December 21st, I believe, and the national championship will be played on um, January 20th, 2025. So you're essentially looking at you're playing this all over winter break which is also a lot because some guys are used to play to not playing during that time, or you're training for a month and then you have one game and that's it. No, no, no. You're playing. If you are in that first round, you're playing four extra games. No time for family. No. Hey, ESPN and the college football playoffs just agreed to a six-year extension worth $7.8 billion. And this is what it's about. That's why they get all the big bucks. They have to go ahead and make all these decisions. So, hey, you better earn that check. Yeah. It's crazy. I think it also looks like um, the – I'm looking it up right now. So bear with me. But it looks like, okay, yeah, so the first round would be December 20th and 21st. And then there is a break till um, December 31st and January 1st, and that's when it's the quarterfinals. And then the 9th is the semifinals, the 10th is the semifinals, and then the 20th is the national championship. So they're really milking this. They are really milking this. Yeah, and I hope that every single one of those playoff games also has a sponsor, like a name sponsor, because I really want to see the, the Pop-Tart semifinals happening in there. That'll be cool. I would like to see the Pop-Tarts ball played in Stillwater because the first round games of teams 5 through 12 in that first round, guys, they play a home well, the 5, 6, 7, 8 play at home. Right. The higher ranked team gets the home. Correct. They get home, the home yeah. field, which is. Man, imagine. Imagine a playoff game in Stillwater, Oklahoma. How dope would that be? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So that's only for five through eight. Like it, it wasn't. It won't go to the next round. Like so, everybody they got to buy one, two, three, four. They don't get home field advantage for their next playoff game. No, the probably going to um, be like a, 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 a site that's already decided upon. Be, okay, so uh-huh. the um, quarterfinal. So the first round is at the higher ranked teams stadium on campus. Then the quarterfinals where you get those top four teams in the mix, the Fiesta Bowl, Peach, Rose, and Sugar Bowls. The semifinal number one is the Orange Bowl. Semifinal number two is the Cotton Bowl. And then, of course, Atlanta is the national championship on January 20th. Man, that's that's kind of a bummer. I I wish that the top four teams could get home field advantage like one yeah. one round to be able to say oh we get to host a playoff game as well they get to have a bye though so it, it all evens out we'll say though um the national championship is on mlk day 2025 so. well i'll tell you what i have a dream that oklahoma state is going to be in that Nice. I was going to say, Justin, it is still on a Monday. I know last year you had mentioned you really wanted it on like a Saturday so that people can enjoy it and stay up late. But we will be off of uh, work that day. So you can just pregame all day. Party. Yeah, but you still have to go to work Tuesday. You do. (laughs) So. Or you could call out sick. Hmm. 
already putting in the PTO right hey, now. Don't need, don't need the employers listening to this pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, there was one concern when I was like reading some articles about this playoff situation, guys. People were saying that they were concerned that it would water down the importance of uh, preseason game or not preseason, early season games. When you have a matchup like Alabama and Texas last year, that had huge playoff imp implications this season. Now, in this format, I think it's Georgia and Clemson play early this year. I'm pretty sure. I would need to double check that, but that's that's a big matchup. It's like, well, you could still lose that game and under the 12 team expansion, there's still a good shot that you'd get in with only one loss. So how do you feel like it impacts the, the big games, the top 10 matchups, the Ohio state, Michigan games where it's like, okay, you can still lose the game, but you're going to get in it anyway. I mean, that's not, that's like the mindset of somebody that just they're on the outside looking in. Like, right. You can technically get in. It's like, those top 10 teams want to assert dominance. They want to be the team coming out on top. They're not thinking about, hey, if we lose, we might still be able to get in. That's not happening in the pregame speech at all. So these guys are definitely going out there. Bet they're trying to win. It does not water anything down. And I tell you what, if it does water it down for your team, then you don't, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. Because one thing that you don't want to do is leave it up to chance. Every single program across the country is going to be talking about having control of your own destiny. You don't want the eight team or the seven team or the 16 to lose so that you could possibly get the 13 seed. And then if you win the following week, then you bump into the 12 seed and now you're in the playoffs. No, 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 no. You want to be able to control your destiny no matter what. So the games are still going to be taken seriously. I just can't wait for an eight and four team to win their conference championship in a crazy upset. And then people are going to be butthurt that an eight and four team has a buy over a 11 and one, 10 and two team in the first round. And then the eight and four team goes on to win the national championship. Could yes. you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> like, it's hard to imagine because it just doesn't happen. You know, like we've just had 10 years of this normal playoff format and nobody really you know, blew it in their conference championship to an eight and four type of team. And granted, a lot of time that was like Ohio State or Michigan playing Iowa or Purdue in the Big Ten championship. And it's like, these guys don't have a chance. But technically, they do. Like, there is a chance they could upset them. And then what happens from there? But, um, you know, they are yeah. playing for more. The stakes are higher. If you win as an eight and four team, you're guaranteed yeah. a top four spot. So, the uh, implications of that game seem to be a little bit more higher than they normally would. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm a big fan of this. I love this format, to be honest with you. I think that it's going to even out the playing field even more across college football. I think, um, you know, for the most part, the transfer portal, although it's wild, it's been overwhelmingly positive for talent dispersion, right? Like you're seeing more talent across the country. Everybody's not just going to Alabama and saying, okay, I'm going to be the fifth string running back at Alabama because it's Alabama. But I can say, oh, wow, I can actually have a chance to win as you know, a ninth seed over at Nebraska. And I'll go over there instead and be the starting running back. Even though, like I said before, I don't think Nebraska is ever going to be good ever again. But, you know, it's just things like that. You know, that's uh, that one. Man. Clip that one. Yeah, I, that's the type of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Right. Like just the dispersion of talent. And hopefully we see 
a non blue blood school that nobody was even thinking about. And it's like, yo, where did Wyoming come from? Like here they are in the freaking playoffs and we, we have to watch it, you know, like so, stuff like that. I, I love the parody. I love the parody. in it. Yeah. Speaking of people that no one thought of when, and when I was reading some of the articles on ESPN.com, they had a bunch of like college football writers talking about the playoff and they had their way too early predictions. And there were like four or five writers of who they predicted would be in the 12 team playoff. And not a single person had Oklahoma state. And that is offensive to me because uh, we finished this season, a top 20 program and we're returning so many starters, including the Doak Walker winner uh, in Ollie Gordon, future Heisman finalist, probably Heisman winner. We're speaking it into existence. And I just am sick and tired of the disrespect and uh, the FanDuel putting our over under at seven and a half wins this season. And I'm like, A, if you're better, take the over, take, take the over, over um, and stop disrespecting us, everybody. Thank you. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> Eve, what do we have to do? Like, it's the weirdest thing in the world. I think Oklahoma State is actually one of the hardest teams to set lines against or set lines on. Like, I remember looking at some data somewhere that Oklahoma State was actually like the hardest team to actually bet against because they were one of the best teams against the against the spread. Almost like if you if you're dating back like the last fourteen seasons. So it's just one of those weird things, man. But I tell you what, I like Oklahoma State. If I were to go into FanDuel, right, which I don't have access to FanDuel because I'm in Texas, I would go to FanDuel. I'm parlaying seven and a half, taking the over, and I'm taking the Los Angeles Chargers over. Whatever the line is going to be at, I'm taking the over on that one as well. Justin, I know that's an early favorite for you in the NFL too. So, you know, we're going to see, we, 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 we see what's going to happen here. But uh, That's only if they can get Saquon Barkley. And some kind of acquisition. Well, let's not let's not act like Saquon Barkley was good this past year. Although, yeah, could be fun. Everyone go to bet online and bet the over on Oklahoma State is the moral of the story. Bet the over, and you could you could probably look at it and take the under in some of these other teams too. Like it seems like Kansas State was pretty high. Arizona was pretty high, considering Arizona how they just got gutted. Yeah, Arizona's at eight and a half. Oh my gosh. How does Arizona have a higher and line than us? That, so this is the weirdest thing. So Oklahoma State has historically done well in the Big 12 with teams like OU and Texas. Yet Arizona has not done that great in the past however long in the Pac-12, which is arguably a weaker conference. And in their first season in the Big 12, they're expecting a whole one game more Wins than Oklahoma State. Coach, it's unbelievable the disrespect that Oklahoma State is getting. I just I don't understand that at all. And I'm like, it's not. What is Arizona doing that's any different in this last? Even in the last year, I mean, oh Arizona. Well, they beat OU in the bowl game. Oklahoma State beat OU in the regular season. I mean. We have all of these guys coming back versus Arizona, not as much coming back. Of course, the continuity with the coaches, it just it blows my mind. And I, I'd have to look at Arizona's schedule because maybe they get they get some kind of break in there where it's like 
it makes sense for them to get this, but I just, I don't see it. I don't understand from the, you know, 30,000 foot view of looking at the big 12 and to sit here right now and say, Arizona is going to have more wins than Oklahoma state. What are we, what are we even doing? The odds makers are so disrespectful. Somebody there went to OU. I guarantee you. Okay. Yo, listen, listen, I just pulled up Arizona's schedule. All right. And, uh, they start the season, New Mexico, Lobos, Northern Arizona. Win. win. Two wins. Then they play K-State in Manhattan. Loss. Loss. Off. By week. Utah. Loss. Loss. <laughs> hey, then they play Utah at Utah. Two and two right there. They host Texas Tech. They're at BYU. They host the Buffs and Deion Sanders. They host West Virginia. They go to UCF. Loss. Space game. Loss. It's November 2nd. It might be their space game. I would need to look. It is their space game. It is. Loss. (laughs) Take the L, Arizona. We all know. We we know UCF does not lose their space game. So, so far, I have them at about four or five wins. Okay, so where where I then they have another bye after UCF, and then they are home for Houston. Then Win. they go to TCU. Loss. Then they host their longtime rivals, Arizona State. Win. Win. Six wins. Six right. wins, dude. And I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like six wins. Okay. Like, yeah. So I'm giving have, them I'm giving them two toss-ups and they get they get to six wins. That's crazy. I'll, I'll take it to seven. They yeah, have take the under against Arizona. Yo, Arizona fans are all about to listen so, to this yeah. episode. Parlay. Oh. Parlay the you know over and under right there, and you can just stack. Yo, little wildcats just out here catching strays for no <laughs> reason. <laughs> yeah. I do like hey, for real though, I like Arizona. I like Arizona what they, too. What they They're did just like, not better than OK State. Right, exactly. Uh I I I do like Arizona and I like especially what they did last year, how they were able to kind of come up out of nowhere and especially to beat OU in the bowl game, but I mean, Jed with Fish Jed is a real Fish, deal. Though, with Jed Fish. Sure. Yeah. Like absolutely. Coach, I'm going to reserve judgment on Arizona because I know not much about their current, their new head coach, and they have a tough schedule. Like they have a tough schedule. You really do. Um, so yeah, just it, it's not even about Arizona. Just respect Oklahoma State. I'm tired of it. I am tired of it. And not to say like, I, so I, I'd have to look. I don't know what Arizona's like recruiting rankings over the past couple of years have been like, but. I would I would think that that's why Oklahoma State maybe isn't getting the respect. It's like because the recruiting rankings they always seem to be low and they're always overachieving. How long can that last? I don't know if that's a hundred percent of the reason. I think maybe part of it too is that Oklahoma State has had chances over the past decade and a half to play for Big Twelve championships and they haven't won any conference championships except for the 2011 season so to that point i understand 
Championship like, pedigree. That counts for yeah, a lot. Yeah, for sure. So if you're looking at the best 12 teams in college football, I feel like you kind of have to take that into account to an extent. But then on the flip side of it, you look at what they did last year and all the returning talent that they have, all the returning production. And how could you not see this team as one that would not be in the 12 team playoff? That's crazy. Well, the first thing that you asked Justin was what do we have to do? And I think you just answered it. The only thing that we have to do is just the only way that you change how we're perceived in the minds of the public, in the minds of the sports books, in the minds of the odds makers is to win more conference championships. There and is. how many conference championships do we have? What? Two? One? One. <laughs> there you go. And that, that's it. Championship pedigree is something that is going to be planted in the minds of everybody else in the public. That's, you know, people ain't really checking for Oklahoma. We have, I will say this recently, we've had two appearances in the big 12 championship game in the last three seasons. So we have a chance to do three of the last four seasons. Well, that's what sucks even more is those championship games are the ones where they're the highest viewed. So everybody sees us in the biggest stage losing it. Yep. Well, no, who does know how to win a championship guys? Uh, Oklahoma state women's tennis. They won their first ITA Indoor national title this past weekend in Seattle. They are a top five team in the country, have four wins over top six opponents. Eight of their nine wins are over top 15 opponents. They are 9-0 and on the year. Ladies. That's what I'm talking about, ladies. And Bring the hardware home. Guys, get your tickets because Oklahoma State is hosting the Big 12 Championships for Tennis and the NCAA tournament. So if you want to come see the Cowboys and Cowgirls take home some hardware, or I mean, not even take home, keep home some hardware, come out to Stillwater this spring. So yay, ladies. So I saw a tweet from our dear friend, Gavin Lang. He said, how legit is Cowgirl tennis? They've beaten number two, Stanford, number five, Michigan, twice, number six, Pepperdine, number 12, Ohio State, and number 13, UCLA, so far this season. And you know what? Props. But at the same time, that's what's expected when you're going to win the national championship. You're going to have to play these tough teams, and you're going to have to win. So just keep that in mind on your journey to creating a dynasty for the next several years. You're going to have to beat these top teams, so keep doing it. And I hope that the football team has that same mindset. Like, I don't care what that number is. Next to that name, we're going in here and we're winning this game. On the journey to becoming the Kansas City Chiefs of women's tennis, uh, just got to find your own Taylor Swift. Dang. I got to find a way to sprinkle it in every episode, you know. You know? I'm going to remove I- Eve from the chat. A couple other Oklahoma like State it. shout outs. Taylor Rowe. Track- Taylor? Uh, Taylor what? Damn it, Meg. Ugh. <laughs> uh, T. Rowe broke Oklahoma State's 5,000-meter school record this past weekend. She shattered it by 12 seconds. Finished that. Over time, I want to. I want to stack myself up. 15 minutes, 12 seconds. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yo, stack that up on a what high-powered scooter? Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, yeah, that is impressive. Taylor Rowe just. Uh, she's great. She's a. She's very good. And then, of course, last but not least. Cowboy wrestling, number two 
in the country. Two massive duels ahead the next two weekends. First up, it's Senior Day in our final bedlam this coming Sunday, February 18th, also my brother's birthday. So happy birthday, Evan, uh, Oklahoma State. Get that win at bedlam. And then next weekend on my mom's birthday. Uh, yeah, back-to-back weekends of birthdays. Uh, we're hosting Iowa for a top five matchup. So that's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. The greatest rivalry in college wrestling. Iowa. Oklahoma Oklahoma. State versus Iowa. Yeah. That place is going to be rocking. You know, Cowboy Wrestling this year, similar to Arizona, but even better because they came out of nowhere to an extent, uh, a little bit of a sleeping giant situation. Somebody has awakened the giant that is Cowboy Wrestling, and it's good to see them back. So very much looking forward to Bedlam this weekend and then Iowa to close out the regular season on our way to a shot at the national championship because, hey, they're going to need to uh, get some momentum going into that because Penn State is they – have be, they have been the giant yeah. uh, over, over the past decade or so. And, man – uh, we got a shot. We before the season started, I was just like, "Oh man, here we go again." But now I'm looking at this like, "Oh man, here we go again." Bring it home, boys! Bring it home. The start of plenty of national championships for Oklahoma State teams in 2024. Let's go. You know what? I had to go back and look at this. So, track star T Row, right? Five thousand meters. Any idea how many miles that is? Yeah, it's about 3.11, 3.12. Yeah. Three miles in 15 minutes. Bruh, what? Yeah, I was going to try to compare it to me. I think I re- I just got sub 22 this week on my 5K. So I'm, I'm right around 21 minutes on my uh, 5K. And uh, yeah, she just made me look like a straight up <laughs> meow. <laughs> well. With that, guys, we're I, gonna... can't. I can't right now. <laughs> that's too fast. It's very fast. It's crazy. It's very fast. Well, I'm going to go get running. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, comment, rate, review, all the things. They're Justin and Eve. I'm Meg. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.